If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. This episode that you're about to hear, we started with zero, zero direction. Mm. It got real deep. We talk a lot about, um, you know, the, the real root motivations behind just being a better person, which includes things like fitness and nutrition. And, you know, looking at the programs that we offer, one of the reasons why we don't do these, you know, get fit in 30 days or get fit in 10 days or whatever programs, although we know they would sell like crazy, the reason why we don't do them is because we know uh, it's not a long-term approach. We've worked with people, thousands of people, and we know what works. And what works is a process, and it takes time, and it involves uh, changing uh, adaptations. It involves learning about your body, which means you have to try and do different aspects of exercise. It means training your body according to its individual needs so that you can correct imbalances, identify dysfunction, work towards correcting those things. And at the end of this long process, not only are you, the side effects are you're more fit, you've got more muscle, less body fat, you look better. Those are side effects. The real effect is at the end of it, you have now learned your body at a level that you just simply were not before. You now have a stronger connection to long-term fitness and health, real fitness and health. And the program that we have that offers, that, that is the, we think the best way for you to get there is our MAPS uh, Super Bundle which includes all of our MAPS programs, but really gives you the tools to go on a long journey, about a year. You're looking at about a year's worth of exercise programming, literally broken down to you week by week. There's nothing else out there that's like it. Uh, each segment takes you through a different form of adaptation. Each program geared towards a different form of muscle function, of targeted adaptations like strength, endurance, mobility, uh, you know, self-awareness. It's all in there in this MAPS Super Bundle. It includes uh, MAPS Prime, which is about as individualized as any kind of program you'll find on the internet can get because it includes a compass where you assess your body. And based on that assessment, it helps you uh, program what you do before and after your workout vastly changing the adaptations uh, targets that you can do with your workouts, making them much more individualized. It's included in there. And uh, uh, we also have a nutrition guide and a fasting guide, which you can get separately, which will also help you with your nutrition uh, and uh, you know how your approach to, to food. It's all uh, there. It's all available. It's the MAP Super Bundle. You can find it at mindpumpmedia.com. Justin, what are you going to do for Just your birthday jokes. today, man? Yeah, it's your birthday, dude. I, I didn't birthday even think about sex. it. Yeah. Birthday sex. Yeah, that is happening. <laughs> you got to be careful. If I'm lucky. Yeah, you got to yeah, be careful because yeah. if you build yeah. it up too much, yeah. no, it I doesn't know. happen. No, I'm not going to. Well, be, be, both of you guys being <laughs> married. Let's play it down. Both of you guys being married guys. I'm not married. Well, was a married guy oh, okay. is what I meant. Okay. Uh, Correction. Be, make it, it clear. Is it, is it guaranteed like on the birthday you're getting sex or has there been times that you can re- recall not getting sex on it's your birthday? It's never guaranteed, Adam. Really? It's never guaranteed. Yeah. But it's... Would you agree, Sal, too? It, it, it makes its way in, you know, like on moments like that. Yeah. Like it, <laughs> it does happen. Like you sneak it in and... Yeah. Like, <laughs> so like it just hey, happens. it's my birthday. Hey, You're right. going to take this. <laughs> oh, do you remember what day it is? You know, like some little, like, you know, reminder. You, yeah. put, some, you put a little, little like, gift wrap on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's for like a bow. Like, Open this present for me, please. What about you, Sal? Did you always myself. get sex on your birthday? Um... Yeah, I don't know if I want to answer. I think considering, <laughs> what do you mean? come on, you're it's considering divorced. my 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 marriage dissolved. Probably, I guess you could think you could probably get the answer to whether or not I got it. Wow, for certain things. You know what it is? Here's the thing: you don't want someone to give you sex because just because. Well, yeah, no, yeah, of course. Sucks. <laughs> well, that makes it even worse, right? Like exactly. It's, like, like, it's, oh, yeah, like it's pity yeah, sex. Yeah. Like, hey, happy birthday. Hey, honey, it's your birthday. That's what I mean. Like, if it, there if you the go. moment's right and everything lines up, dude, let's party. Yeah. yeah. What? Okay, so... Your I, best bet is, here's what you do if you want... If you've been with your... And again, I'm giving advice like I'm, a, like I'm an expert on this. I'm not, but I'm going to give advice anyway. If you're in a long-term relationship... Uh, your best bet is to get make sure that shit is that normally causes anxiety is taken care of. So shit is clean, 
kids are, you know, whatever, fed, off to school, dishes are done, there's no stress surrounding the situation, then you throw in some type of uh, consciousness-altering substance like alcohol, and then you play nice music. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then there's a formula. And then it's wow, it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I you know I actually I I, I like. I just I, told everybody to get their wives drunk. No yeah. no no. I think I think there's something to be said about that. So um, I, I think you that things up, man. No, I, I think we're in uh we're in an era right now where it's really really challenging to be present. And I think as, as, and I, this is coming from a guy who's not married. So you guys are getting all spiritual. On no, me no, now, no, 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 not at all. Not at all. No, listen, listen, hear me out here. So, and, and you guys, you guys have been married or are married. So you can, you can disagree or agree or, or put your two cents in afterwards. But I feel like, um, you know, even being the guy who's just in a long-term relationship, Katrina and I have been together for six years. So even though I'm not married, I consider, consider ourselves married. I just have different views and opinions of marriage. So, I, I I feel like I am, and I feel like something that uh, after uh, being together for a very long time, we we just recently were discussing this that you know it's really easy to get distracted by life, and there's all these these tools as far as our iPad, our TV, our phone, and children in your guys's case, and work stress and family issues going on. It's very very difficult. To be uh, mindful of where you're, where you're currently at at that moment and being present, and you know, so Katrina and I have have recently started doing some things to to practice, uh, you know, or getting ourselves into this state present. of present. And I tell you, man, uh, sex is it makes epic. sex better. Yeah, yeah, sex is epic for sure. And I find it. Uh, it like there isn't this push and pull of, you know, trying to get each other to have sex, one wanting it, the other one not wanting it. It's a very natural flow, and and I've found we've had some great deep conversations lately, and uh, you know we have some exercises that we've and th- and this was the crazy part for us, right? We we kind of like realized that wow, just because we have this awesome relationship and we've been together for a long time and we know each other inside and out. I think sometimes that can work against you in your relationship because you start to uh, take that for granted and you and you forget to connect uh, on these on these deeper levels and to get back to the roots of what uh, made you guys fall in love together and and strengthen the relationship early on. And I for us, I think uh, because we're both go getters that uh, we were we were finding ourselves and it's weird because it's like we totally communicate. It's not like we don't communicate. We talk to each other every single night. We're in bed together next to each other all night long and literally talk to each other until we fall asleep. But a lot of times it's about work or, you know, what's going on tomorrow and make sure we have this covered and we got this coming up next. And it's all about what's coming or what we have to be ready for and what we have to do. And recently uh, been practicing some stuff to get us mindful and present. And wow, what a difference. Have you guys have you guys ever experienced that, or do you notice that with your own relationship? Like, where, where's where's your head at? With I think that? Not, uh, most of the time, the the I think that's a convenient. That's like a that's convenient, you know. If it like, it depends. I think where you're at, you know, as far as like responsibilities and like you know distractions are concerned. Like, so if I have like, you know, all these things happening, like as I get home, all these things are like. It's 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 chaos, you know, and like to break away from that is like that's a huge win, you know, to to break away from that. So I totally see what you're saying with like whenever- you've had a pretty chaotic uh, like past few weeks, right? With yeah. the heater breaking and yeah, yeah. So it's like there's there's always something um, that I, I don't know. I feel like I'm always addressing, and so for me to like yeah to to have that kind of intimacy, you know, and like regain that that's. That's a challenge, man. You well, know? you know that's why people. That's, that's why couples will take like time and, and like you have to date each other. You have to like make time absolutely have to do that. Makes yes. a huge difference. Well, isn't it crazy? This yeah. is this is something that. So in the past, this is what would happen. Okay, this is like I'm gonna share a little bit of my my relationship, which I don't normally like to do on radio, but I'll give you a little bit of like my challenges and struggles that we've had in our relationship before, and one of those would be this is. I'm I'm the one who's notorious for being the least present. And if and Katrina's really good about being very patient and then she'll say to me, 
after a while, like she'll give me like little little jabs, like, "Hey, you're gonna are you gonna talk to me?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about? We've been talking." Like, no, like aside from work and this and that. I'm like, okay, so. And then if she gives me enough of those after a while, I'll eventually look back at her and say, listen, get me out of here. Book a trip for us. Get us get us out of fucking Dodge. Take us to the mountains or the beach or let's just go somewhere and book a trip. So we used to be really good about doing that. Well, this last year and a half, two years of Mind Pump, we've been so committed to being around here uh, that we haven't done a lot of it like we used to. And so it's required me just like Justin, you were saying right now, is I, I feel I have the same, even though I don't have the kids, so I can't say I, I know what that's like, which, which in my mind just says you have it to an even more extreme than me, that we actually have to to put uh, systems in place or start to yep. make an effort to practice the first step. Then the other stuff comes, right? So I can't always just get away every single weekend and have this time just her and I. So now I have to do other things, other exercises to get us in that state. And I'm finding that we're having huge success with that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's opened my eyes to uh, a lot of the things that uh, was happening in the past because I was not allowing myself to become completely present. It feels like a lot of this is is coming out of like your goal for the beginning of this year, right? Of, of meditation and just, uh, you know, spending that time to be more mindful of like, you know, reflection and, and making more space, you know, for you to kind of like work with. Right. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, and I always tell people that your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. And I know that a lot of, one of the things that we all kind of have in common is we're all go getters. We're all visionaries. We're always, we're thinkers. We're very cerebral, and sometimes that gets in our own way of being present at that moment. And so, you know, at the beginning of the year, uh, I did. I said, okay, I'm going to be doing more meditation, turning the electronics off earlier and things like that. And, you know, that was my own personal one. And that kind of led into some of the practices that Katrina and I have been doing, which is, okay, you know, at least and – we, and we set reasonable goals because you got re, to be reasonable with yourself so you got to understand. You got kids. You got responsibilities. You can't all of a sudden just say, I'm yeah. not going to think about tomorrow, yeah. you know? Well, so so this is a subject that I've um, been very, very interested in and, and I've done a lot of thinking about and reading on probably for the last, uh, I don't know, three maybe three, four years. And it kind of started when, uh, you know, someone very close to me got sick and I had to – Go through that whole situation, and when you're when you're when you encounter a truly life altering um, experience, where uh, you know you realize how much something like that can destroy uh, your well being. You know, even if it's not you. I mean, when you see someone close to you dying, or when your home is being threatened, or when you know uh, things happen that have real threat to you. Because believe it, I mean, the truth is, for most people. Most of the things we stress about really aren't things that are immediate dangers. You know, most of the things we stress about are things that we we should think about, but then we should stop stressing about. Like, oh, the house is a mess. You know, okay, you thought about it, you you planned, you're going to do something about it, but like, stop stressing about it. It's not going to kill you. It's nothing crazy. But there are those moments when you'll have those situations that really challenge you. And I ha- I, I was very uh, cognizant of the fact that I needed to maintain my health. Because my family at that point really needed me to be strong for them. And the only way I could be strong is be healthy. So I did a lot of reading and research on this. And I did a lot of practice of this. And one thing that I realized that was uh, through this process, one thing that I really realized that was truly transformative in that regard in terms of mindfulness was that mindfulness, mindfulness and being present, you don't need to do anything special for it. Although... Doing different things helps a lot, but you can practice it with anything. I'll never forget, there was two two moments that, that really hit me. One was, and I talked about this before in a previous podcast, is I was driving uh, with my my kids and, my at the time, my wife. And we were on our way to Disneyland. And we hit just ridiculous traffic. Mm-hmm. So if anybody, you're a parent and you've been stuck in a car with kids... And it's there's traffic, and you've already been on the road. Well, that for, happened to me with the flash floods yeah. and all that. Yeah, you're, that? You're, when you're yeah. stuck in the car for four hours uh, with kids, and they're complaining, and I got to go pee, and what are we gonna do? And then you 
all you want to do is get where you want to go, where you're supposed to go, and the the anxiety and stress that are related to that. I mean, literally, I want to I wanted to take my steering wheel, rip it off, and throw it out the window at the car next to me. It was, that's how like angry I was. And then I I was thinking about this whole mindfulness, you know, practice, and I was like, wait a minute, hold on a second, like. I'm 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 angry because I'm trying to get somewhere to be with my family. I'm already with my fucking family. Mm-hmm. We're in the car right now. Like, what am I doing? What a waste of this present moment. And at that moment, nothing changed except for my perspective. And instantly, it was the strangest feeling. I'd never experienced anything like this before. Instantly, I went from anger and anxiety and stress to oh my God, I'm enjoying myself. I'm with my kids and my family and we're going to have great conversation and we're going to sing and we're going to joke around and like I'm here with them right now. And it was this real just life-changing moment. Mm -hmm. And the next time that that happened was when I was doing, uh, I was washing dishes. And there's certain things I can't, I used to hate doing like washing dishes, vacuuming the floor, doing laundry, like just fucking mindless bullshit that I hate doing. Can't stand doing it. Got to do it. Fine. Whatever. And I go to do the dishes and I'm doing the dishes and I'm irritated about it. Like this sucks. Can't stand it that I'm doing this right now. And then I, I thought to myself like, okay, why don't I just be, try being present in this moment and let my mind just relax and just focus on what I'm doing. Like look at the dish, feel the water, you know, see what, you know, pay attention to this moment right now rather than think about how much I hate it and think about all the other things I could be doing. Let's just focus on what's going on right now. And within an instant, it actually became enjoyable. I actually started enjoying what I was doing because rather than it being something that... Wax on, wax off. Yeah, rather than it being something that stressed me out, it actually became kind of this relaxing, meditative thing that I was doing. And then uh, when, you, you know, when, re- when you really talk to people that understand meditation... Uh, they will say to you weird things like it's just about being present or you don't have to sit down and meditate. You can meditate at any moment. You can do anything. And, you know, uh, my girlfriend explained that to me. She went on one of these uh, retreats, which at some point I want to do. It just sounds very, very frightening to me. But there are these, uh, these silent retreats. I don't know if you've heard of these before. Where you go to these? Uh, yeah, about <laughs> it this. already sounds scary, yeah. dude. <laughs> you go remember. to these. The, you go to these these silent retreats. <laughs> you're not allowed to talk. Yeah, Katrina's been on them. Nobody talks. You're there for a week or whatever. So that, like seven yeah, days of no talking horrible. and no listening to people talk. <laughs> Actually, it sounds awesome. And most of the day, and you're not allowed electronics. You're not allowed to do anything. All you do is you meditate all fucking day. You just sit there with yourself and meditate, which sounds terrifying to me <laughs> and so she did that and she came back and one of the main things she learned was she's like Sal she goes you can meditate at, at any moment you can be present at any moment she goes and she gave me an exercise she said every day when you get in the car and put your seatbelt on put your seatbelt on and be very mindful of the of two breaths just breathe twice and all you're doing is thinking about breathing in what it feels like what your lungs feel like and breathing out and what the air feels like coming out and that what your lungs feel like with no air and then do that a couple times and then drive off. And I started doing that and I was like, whoa, it makes a makes a huge difference. You just don't realize how much you're not here and how well, much you're you in just, the future I'm, or the I'm, past. I'm glad you said that right there because just a few minutes ago you said something else and I was going to kind of say something because you said like, you know, you you don't have to practice or make a big deal about it or anything like that. And I agree but what I realized, and this was kind of the epiphany that uh, Katrina and I had, was uh, even though we have this great relationship, great communication, how easily you can take those things for granted and, and, and become not mindful. And that, you know, who am I to think that just because I'm such a great communicator and we have such a great relationship that there aren't things that we we should help or that we should do to practice to enhance being mindful or do that. And so... I felt the same way was like, you know, these little things, these little breathing techniques or, you know, brain FM and meditation. And, you know, a, a recent one that we started doing too was like, you know, we'd go through an audio book together. Like, you know, it's crazy. It's, it's, we're horrible at getting through the book though. So we, but what's great though, because what ends up happening is start making out. Yeah. Yeah. No way. <laughs> I mean, that's sometimes that happens. Sometimes, uh, sometimes we get three minutes into it and, and then we, we pause and then, the, and then all of a sudden, uh, all this great deep conversation happens 
because one of us has an opinion on what we just heard and the other one does. And then we, bro, you know, what's so good about that? There is nothing, you know, I, I know we joke around a lot and we're guys and, you know, guys say, you know, make a lot of comments about, you know, oh, she's hot or this and that. And we tend to be, you know, very visual creatures. There is nothing more stimulating uh, than being having that kind of connection with someone where you can talk about things very deeply and, exp- and expose things and feel comfortable about talking. There's nothing more stimulating. And that shit will last a lot longer than the physical aspect, the physical aspects of things. Because when you're, you know, 70 years old, like, I hate to break this to everybody, but your girl ain't going to be hot no more. Neither are you. You're not going to look at somebody and be like, damn, you're really turning me on now visually. Yeah, it's that they don't look like they did when they, you first started dating them. But can they still turn you on? Fuck yeah, they can, and it's what you're talking about. Well, you know, this is what fu- I find yeah, so so fascinating. Unless you like Justin, you like the old ones. Yeah. Is that this just <laughs> shows you to uh, you know, and and I think each person's different, right? Because some of us are more visual than we are cerebral. But here, I know I'm Fox. more I'm more cerebral for sure because. You know, I, I have a beautiful woman. I have someone who's in incredible shape. She walks around naked in front of me all the time. And you would think the guy in you would be like just turned on right away when this gorgeous naked body. But no, I've seen it 10,000 times already in front of me. So you take it for granted and you don't think about it. But the moment that I get inside of her brain and we're, and we're thinking about the same thing and we're discussing something, uh, I mean, that's just unbelievably attractive to me and then and it does it turns that switch on and you could tell it does for her too you know i think it's such an important thing that when you get in a relationship for a long time you know it's not my first rodeo it's not the first time i've been in a relationship for more than a year or two with a girl and katrina and i've been together for six years and have always had great communication but great communication doesn't always mean that we're being present too so i think it's important that, you know, when you have a relationship and, and maybe you're having like a hard time, whether it be in the in the bedroom sexually or arguing and fighting or just lack of communication, that there's practices that that you can do to to stimulate that. And, you know, this has definitely been I mean, maybe it's not for everybody. I'm not saying that this is the answer for everybody. I'm just sharing. I communicate through my body. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. But I think that. uh <laughs> I think it took a lot of humility for me to to recognize it because I take a lot of pride on being somebody who communicates really well and to think that, oh, I actually need to do an exercise to talk to my partner better. That's what it sounded like to me at first when in reality, that's not what I was. That, what, no, what, man, you're just dedicating some time to it. I mean, it's like you can't expect to be like fit and healthy if you don't go put work in to work out. I mean, how can we expect to have these great long lasting relationships if we just it just coasts doesn't work that way you got to yeah. constantly make an effort to do those things let me ask you guys this what was it that cuz obviously you 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 know all three of us are with women that we want to be with for a long period of time they're not just flings obviously what are what are the things that initially made made that connection for you where you were like man i really want to be with this girl mm. like what was it for you personality what else what do you mean Oh, I just mean like, what was that thing that drew you in? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, you guys keep talking about mental stimulation, yeah. you know, all that it's great to have, you know, obviously the attraction level there and like, mm-hmm. you know, they gotta, you gotta connect on that level on some degree. And if you, if you deny that, it's like, come on, you mm-hmm. know, like it's, that's, that's primal, but it, it needs to be further than that. And you need to know what their values are. So the other thing for me was just that, the loyalty and then the um, uh, the compassionate sort of nature, right? So she was taking care of her grandma like when nobody else was. Uh, you know, she was just very nice to people, like had this like the way that she carried herself was like an immediate thing that I like was responded to. Like and it, it resonated with me because, you know, you, you start to think of those things. And I don't know how much this is sort of wired in our DNA, but like I could see her like being more of a mother than I could, you know, anybody else that I've dated. You know what I mean? And that was attractive. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. How about you, Anna? So it's funny you asked that because we literally were just talking about this last night. And it was last night we were um, listening to, uh, I just picked up The Rise of Superman. So Stephen Kotler's other book. How was it, by the way? Awesome. Okay. Awesome, awesome. So we're going through it and, and we only, you know, same thing happened. We get in like 15 minutes and then we start talking about, uh, what, uh, what he was talking about and going back and forth. 
And uh, I told her, I said, you know, it's really crazy that, you know, we weren't, we haven't been doing a lot of this lately until recently. And this reminds me of how I fell in love with you. And when Katrina and I first met, we were friends. We both were in other relationships. We, we met uh, business wise first. So she, she, her business, she owned a massage clinic, uh, was providing a service for my business. And I was, I was paying her weekly and I would go and drop off the check. And when I drop off the check, we would talk a little bit and, you know, then we got to know each other a little bit and would talk and I'd share books with her that I was reading and she'd share books that she was reading and send quotes to each other. Oh, check this out. And that was how I fell in love with her was I was so attracted to her, uh, so, so attracted to her desire to grow her intelligence, her ability to communicate, like all these things. And it's funny because like I said, you take those for granted that it, and, and we don't revisit that. It's like, I fell in love with you for this stuff, but then I don't go back and practice all those same things. Like, why wouldn't we be reading books together? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't we be sharing this stuff if that's what it, and that's what I'm, that's what sparked up this, the crazy sexual chemistry too, is that, wow, like that turns me on. And, and even though it has nothing to do with something visual, like it's something that I have to make sure that we always practice in the relationship. If this is going to be something that we're doing for the next 40, 50 years together, mm-hmm. And so us revisiting, you know, going through books together made me realize like, wow, this is one of the, this is like, cause I love her for many reasons. Like that, that was the main reason. That was the first thing that like grabbed me and attracted me. I mean, we could go on all day about all the stuff about her. That's why she's so special. And I'm sure one day we'll introduce her to the audience, but that was definitely a big, big thing for her and I. And it was like this aha moment that I had when we were sitting down talking last night, it was like, God, it's crazy that, you know, we haven't been doing this when this was a main reason That's why great. I fell in love with you. That's you know? great. That's, see, I, I was in a situation where, you know, obviously I had gone through uh, or been going through a divorce, which is very difficult. You know, they, they I think they consider, it's funny because I've done a lot of reading, uh, you know, my typical style is if I'm going through something, I'm gonna do a lot of reading on it just so I can try and figure things out. And divorce is one of those things that's up there with death in the family or being a caregiver for someone else. That's considered one of the more stressful things you'll ever go through, especially if you have children. Very difficult situation, but I think a lot, but what a lot of people don't realize is when you go through one, there, there was, for the most part, unless something horrible, you know, suddenly happened, you, 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 there was a lot of disconnect for years before that. So it's not like it just happens overnight, right? It's like, Okay, there was there was years of disconnect for a long time, and I respect my ex, my ex, and she's a wonderful mother, and she's not a bad person. But we were disconnected for quite a while. So when I had finally made the decision, or when we had finally made it was actually mutual made the decision to, you know, basically end our marriage. It was a very difficult one, both coming from very, uh, you know, old school, you know, culturally um, Italian families and. You know, you just don't do that. So there's all this guilt behind it. And then on top of that, you have kids. It's very, very difficult. So when I finally, you know, had left the house, I the the thing, the furthest thing from my mind was dating another woman. It, was, it wasn't even an, it wasn't like I consciously thought to myself, I do not want to date women. It was just not, I, I just, I didn't have space for it. It was, I didn't, not something I even thought about. You know, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to get, you know, divorced. I'm going to go party. I'm going to, no, I, I didn't even, wasn't even on the radar whatsoever. Um, right around this period, a uh, young lady starts working in the gym that I'm training clients in, totally new. And I noticed her um, because I noticed that there's someone new. And I did notice that she was attractive. But again, my mind was so not in that space that didn't even register. Like thinking back, I, I can totally, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but at that time, it didn't even register. I just saw a person new here, introduced myself, and that was pretty much it. And had a few conversations, very short, uh, with this individual in the gym. And I have this thing, like when there's new people working in this facility, and I had just at this point, I had sold the gym to another trainer. So I'm still working in there, but it's really still kind of feels like mine because it's kind of new. I had owned the place for 12 years. So anybody that came in there, I always wanted to get get to know because I like that environment in there, right? So... Here I am now at this point, it's probably, you know, I don't know, a couple months since I've left 
like we finally made the decision we're not going to be married anymore. And I'd left. Again, remember years have been leading up to this moment, but this is just like a final decision. And uh, I, you know, I, I, this young lady comes in where, you know, I see her and we talk every once in a while. And me and the, the, new, the new owner who was a trainer that I had brought on board years ago, we're going to hang out. And uh, she invited this other new trainer. Say, hey, we should all hang out together. No, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Let me invite my brother. So now it's me, my brother, and these two other trainers. One of them, one of them being this new, this young lady, who had started working there. And so we were all supposed to hang out. Well, last minute, one of the trainers had to back out. So now it's just me, my brother, and this new trainer. And this is Jessica I'm talking about. And so she comes over and hangs out with me and my brother and we're just chilling right so it's like i don't know maybe seven o'clock at night and we're having these conversations and they start to get real deep and we're talking until about five o'clock in the morning which is i haven't done that i don't think ever you know what i mean where you're just talking with someone so much that you lose track i mean it was it was a weeknight i had to go to work the next i had a client in the morning 5 a.m. We're, we're, we're talking until 5 a.m. See, and- now when you look, thinking about, sorry to interrupt you, but I think this is cool because this is like what Stephen Kotler talked about with like group flow and getting in a state of flow, right? It was, it was the totally, strange. Totally that, right? It was the strangest feeling ever that to be in that state where we're just, we're just really, I'm really into what she's saying and she's really into what I'm saying. My brother is passed out. He falls asleep about 2 a.m. He's, he's out snoring and we're still going we're having we're talking about all kinds of different subjects right around four o'clock in the morning because i'm again i'm completely oblivious to the fact that i'm extremely attracted to this woman because it wasn't i had no space for it you know what i'm saying so about 4 30 a.m i'm looking at her and this is the literally what goes through my mind these are the words that go through my mind oh fuck 100 percent is what i said to myself because i had just realized don't do this, dude. You just you just left the house. Like you've been in a you've been married forever. It wasn't the last you know five years or whatever. Totally disconnected. Like the last thing you need to do is date somebody or be with someone. But that's that's what I thought. Like oh shit. Like I really like this girl. This is not good. So she leaves. It's five a.m. She leaves, and I literally think to myself like I am not going to talk or call this person anymore. Like I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't want to be in this space. Right. So I go to sleep. I wake up like two hours later because I have a client. And uh, I, I really wanted to text her. Super bad. This crazy urge to text her about the conversations we had. But uh, I didn't let myself. So I get up. I you know go to the bathroom. Because you're living by the three-day rule? Not, the, not, not even <laughs> no, the three-day rule. I'm living by the fuck this rule. Like I don't want to <laughs> talk to anybody, right? Check my phone and she texted me. Well, we ended up hanging out every single day since then. And uh, the rest is history. But it's very interesting when you have that kind of connection, how strong it is. And it's really, like you said, you're, uh, you know, I was so in the moment. I was in that, that you know, where you're being mindful, that, 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 that space. And now that we've been together for a little while, you definitely have to remind yourself to, to do that for your relationship. But it, it extends beyond that. I think it extends to everything you do. Like it's so easy to uh, think about like when you're at work, right? And you're thinking about, all the all the things that we're doing and all the growth that we you know that we we have in mind and all the new programs we're developing it's very hard to remember how awesome it is right now you know what i'm saying like oh, yeah. we just keep thinking about all the shit we're going to do and sometimes you just got to sit there and be like man it's fucking cool right now uh, you know i'm glad you transitioned out of the, even the relationship thing because this this has got major carryover into all your relationships not just the one that you're sleeping with at home it's unbelievable when you start to apply these tools to everything else. And I'll give you an example. Um, and I've talked, I think I've briefly talked about uh, the book One Minute Manager and how it was a, you know, paradigm shattering moment for me because previously, before I had read that short book, um, I, I had been taught uh, just by other bosses and people, peers that I've been around that, you know, when you get into this management position, it's this, you know, authoritative position. And, you know, if you see people doing things wrong, you correct what they're doing and you teach them the right things. And this is kind of like what leadership looks like. And it totally flipped that idea on its head and basically taught and it was I was reading another book too and I can't remember the name of the other one that that I remember reading this study that they did with a Fortune 500 company uh all these top top CEOs and they interviewed them and they said 
if you were to ask all your employees what they thought of you as a leader and if if you praise them and tell them what a great job they're doing and and this and that and what would you what would you rate you on a scale of you know one to ten and like they were all oh ten you know you definitely got to praise your employees this this and that and they asked all the employees of these CEOs on a scale of one to ten how well does your boss praise you and it was like they all the average I think was like six point five or seven. So the moral of the story was that we can never praise, we can never do these things enough, right? And I was like, wow, okay, so if this is true, and I, because I consider myself one of those type of leaders that like everybody loved to work for me. If you liked, if you work for me, you love to work for me because I was, a, I thought I was a really good boss and praised my employees and did stuff. And then when I realized this, like, wow, like people needs that, need that constant affirmation. So I did this and my employees didn't know I did this. So I'm, I'm outsting myself here. But it changed my, it literally changed my, my leadership, changed my career it was, I used to put these, uh, you know, uh, reminders in my phone. So I had all my employees at this time, I think I had 20 something trainers working for me. And so every day I had a couple of them, alarm would go off at different parts of the day. And so all of a sudden my phone would buzz and I'd look at it and say, you know, Sal Stefano. even though Sal never worked for me. So it's Sal Stefano. And then I walk over and I would find Sal somewhere in the gym and look and stop, stop whatever I was doing. That was the deal was I had to stop what I was doing, put it down, go find Sal, go watch what he was doing and find something to compliment him on. And I would walk over to you and I'd put my hand on your shoulder and I'd say, hey, Sal, I noticed that the way you were with your client right there, that was fucking awesome, man. I just want to tell you you're doing a great job. And then I'd walk away. Hmm. And really, when I look back now and what we're talking about as far as it it was really just learning to be very present and mindful and going over to that same person and giving them a piece of that being present and mindful and thanking them for the job they're doing. When I started managing this way where I stopped looking for the things that people were doing wrong and looking to correct them and I started paying attention to all the things they were doing well and complimenting them, it forever changed the game for me. You know, if you think about the things that people really love to do that are really passionate about, what they do is what these things that people do do for them is it puts them there mm-hmm. at that moment. Like I thought of this the other day. In fact, I was having a conversation with someone about riding motorcycles and how people are so passionate. Like people who ride bikes tend to be very passionate oh, yeah. about riding motorcycles. And so, and I'm, I've never, I've never ridden a bike before. And I'm one of those, you know, killjoys who's like, oh, it's dangerous. If you crash, you'll die, whatever. <laughs> and uh, it's funny because I was talking to someone and I said, man, it's dangerous, you know. I don't think you should be riding bikes. It's super dangerous. And he said to me, he says, you're right. He said, it's very dangerous. He goes, you cannot lose focus for one second when you're riding a motorcycle. Unlike a car where you can think about shit, you can play with your radio, yeah. you can fucking do whatever you want. He said, when you're riding a motorcycle, man... You have to constantly be aware of everything around you all at all at all moments, and I just and then I realized something like that's why you like riding motorcycles. Yeah, it's the thrill of it. It's just like a, a you know roller coasters and why there's theme parks, why there's like going to a movie, there's entertainment or whatever. Like you're so focused on that one thing that's going on right then. So Stephen Kotler talks about this. Yeah, in the Rise of Superman. So in the Rise of Superman, he gets into this about why your thrill seekers are the the most advanced level of people that can get in the state of flow. Yeah. Because they have to. It's easy for it's, extreme sports people to die. do or die. It's either be the most fucking present as you possibly can at this moment or you could possibly die. So it's an extreme practice of that and once the the people that actually are get it and figure it out become very addicted to it and really what it is it's the most ultimate state of flow and being present mm-hmm. is because you are riding this thing 140 miles an hour darting in and out of traffic you are motherfucking present just yeah. like when you take a dirt bike and you hit a 60 foot jump and you do a double backflip in the air you can't think about what you have to do tomorrow mm. you can't think about <laughs> your kids getting a good grade in school <laughs> yesterday or the argument you got with your wife did i forget yeah. to lock the front yeah. door <laughs> oh shit <laughs> oh my god yeah. <laughs> Dead. Yeah, so the real talent then is to to be able to get that kind of uh, state without uh, putting yourself your in life. that kind of danger. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like the ultimate sort of uh, thing to aspire towards, right? Because like you don't need to go out there and parachute and shit just to 
feel alive and feel like I'm in, I'm in the moment right now. Like you just have to work on, uh, being able to compartmentalize everything around you and, and stay focused on what's right in front of me. So, you know, for me, like it, it, the most, most of what I've, I was kind of listening to where your guys were going with this because I didn't know with all the relationship talk and all that stuff that makes me uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> we finally got Wish to kind of a, we finally got to a point where here where I, I see like, um, you know, there's a process. There, there's a reason why uh, everybody wants to feel that feeling. Uh, it, it's because it, it's exhilarating. It's it, you tap into a different state of consciousness. Just you know, it as is. far as how he he talks about it, right? And um, it, that that part is is it can be addictive because it feels good, but the, but it's also it's a tool. It's a tool for you to. Uh, uh, really accomplish great things and have purpose and um, uh, just just uh, optimize uh, your life in all all kinds of as- avenues. I, I just realized something. You know, uh, it, okay, it is very exhilarating to be very present, uh, and I just realized something right now. It isn't the thing that you're doing necessarily that's exhilarating. It's the lack of you being in the future or in the past. Yes, that's exhilarating. Absolutely. In fact, mm-hmm. in fact, it's almost as if that is your natural state of mind. And what we do is we constantly take ourselves out of it. We constantly, daily, take ourselves out of this natural, exhilarating, present moment that feels awesome for everybody because we're constantly thinking about what I got to do tomorrow, which is fear. The future is riddled with fear. Mm-hmm. Anytime you think about the future, a lot of times fear uh, accompanies it. Or if you think about the past, it's regret. What I could have done, yeah. what I should have done, I shouldn't have done, you know, done those things. Mm-hmm. Rather than you know this particular moment right now, which... Of course, of course, there's going to be times when this moment sucks, right? Where you don't want to be present. But I think a lot of times it doesn't. I think a lot of times it's great. Like you're sitting, let's just say you're sitting on the couch. You're stressed out because, I don't know, you got some project due in a week or whatever. And, you know, or, you know, you got stuff going on. But at that moment, you're on the couch and it feels comfortable and I'm healthy and. Ooh, I like the way this breathing feel. This yeah. you know, breathing feels, and you know, or maybe I'm really into this conversation I'm having, or maybe I'm writing something and I'm in that 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 flow state. Like, what a pleasurable, mm-hmm. exhilarating feeling uh, to to be in in the present. And it's almost it's it's like that's almost like our natural. It's funny. I watched this video once where it was talking about animals versus humans, and uh, it was like you know, animals worry for short periods of time because they don't really know they're supposed to worry otherwise like oh no i don't have food right now i'm gonna worry got food i'm cool you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. whereas we're like i'm gonna worry about all this arbitrary bullshit that's probably i should worry about a little bit but then i should stop yeah. because it's not really serving me anymore now i'm gonna just think about you know what's going on right now how many times have you thought back to to times that you were nostalgic about like oh man i remember back when i was in college Best fucking time of my life. But at that moment when you were in college, you were like stressed out about everything. Yeah. Right. Like, oh man, this final. It's yeah, kill I can't me. wait to get out of college. This sucks. And yeah. then you look back and you're like, whoa, best time of my life. Well, this is so. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you didn't enjoy it while you were there. It's, it's so you kind of wasted it. You, the, the direction, well, the direction that we're going right now is what, uh, this is exactly where, uh, Katrina and I were last night when we were listening to. Are we going to have sex after this? <laughs> Maybe. I, I think we, so. sh- I think we should. It's, it is your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy's got needs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we, this is the direction we got into. And, uh, this is also where I told her now, this is what, um, my favorite part of experiencing microdosing LSD, microdosing shrooms and and MDM was like for me. I said, you know, it wasn't like people always ask like, "Oh, were you like is it like this and it's like crazy, scary or this?" I'm like, "No, what what it was like for me was I was super hyper focused and in the moment. And each one had their a little bit of a difference of what they felt like, but I thought that was the coolest part. And then I said, "I also could see while there, why there are some people that 
become addicted and then they make it it's their world that they're it's everything centered around that and they're they have to do ayahuasca 15 times and they yeah. have to you know they're doing lsd all the time or they're well, always they're addicted doing, to that feeling exactly and uh and you bringing that up also reminds me of uh why i enjoyed uh that uh reunion football game so much oh man and it, it's everything it, dissolved i bet i bet you were just fucking n- like nothing even mattered except for where i was right then you know just kind of just dropped me like out of like a time capsule all of a sudden like I, I realized right then like i didn't i didn't appreciate playing as much as i did that game because yeah. like you know i went through all the rigmarole of practice and you know it just created this whole distraction in my mind of like okay, well, I got to do this play and I got to study up on this guy. And, oh, man, my technique isn't really good here. And the guard pulls here, so I have to do this. And I literally, like, spent zero time planning for this. I just, they, like, they asked me on a whim, like, hey, you want to play in this? I'm like, yeah, f- you know, ah, you know, I, my friends are going to do it. I was like, I don't know. Should I do it? Should I not do it? There was, like, this thought, like, why wouldn't I do it? You know, my, my best friends are in there. They're doing it. You know, why not? It was just, I'm just going to literally look at this as just an activity. I'm going to just involve myself in an activity. You know, didn't do, barely did like one practice, barely even remember how to play. I'm not even going to lie. Like I got out there. I was like, wait, uh, I'm inside backer. Okay. I do this, this. And then I just reacted. And once I started reacting and I was on the field, it was like the most euphoric, crazy, like whirlwind. Well, then, so so I could totally see how that translates because you think when you were younger playing football, the pressure to be a starter, to make sure you don't mess up, you're competing against your rival team. There's this animosity. Oh, I'm sore from. The, there's all these other thought process that's happening where, like you said, you were just so present in what you were doing. It's like you were more appreciative mm-hmm. of just being well, there think, and being a part of it. And exactly. I think also he didn't do it. He hadn't done it for a while. And then he kept thinking back to how great it was when he played football in high school and how you probably you know missed out on some of how, how awesome it was because you were kind of focused on other things. Mm-hmm. And so you got another shot at it. It reminds me of when like grandparents will all... The, the, here's a common phrase you'll hear from grandparents. I love my kid. I loved my kids, but I enjoy my grandkids more. And we all joke around and say, "Oh, it's because you get to send them home afterwards or whatever." No, the truth is yeah. that they're more present. I think you're second right, time so. around, yeah, because they're because your kids grow up so fucking fast, and you're stressed out about paying the bills and cleaning mm-hmm. the house and all the other bullshit. That then they grow up and you're like, "Oh my god, I didn't like stop to enjoy." Oh, it. you see that difference just in parents. For, I'm the oldest of five. So you can see the way my mom is with the two younger ones versus with me. It's just yeah. like, where was all that kind of love? Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, that's like, what I mean. I think you, you, you realize it and, yeah. you're, and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be more more present now. And yeah. you know, even when you look at uh, you know, exercise and nutrition, when people treat those- Great, great two, transition. Well, I, was, I, I was just going to go there. Great well, transition. I think when people use those two things uh, as, as tools to be present- you find less uh, harmful practices. Like mm. if I'm sitting here, less of a punishment. Yeah, and I'm eating something uh, that is. Let's let's just talk. Let's talk about something that's like not a good food, right? Let's talk about cake. I'm eating cake right now, but let's just imagine for a second that I'm very present with this cake, and I'm eating, and I'm really savoring and enjoying this cake and what it represents and it's someone's birthday and I'm here for this particular moment. I got my pants off right now. I'm I'm far less likely probably to uh, eat a shit ton of it, to blow through it, to binge through it, to eat where I'm hurting myself. My stomach hurts where I'm just, I'm probably going to have less of it uh, because I would have savored it and gotten out of it what I needed to and then it it was done with. Same thing with exercise. Like If I'm in the gym and I'm working out, and I'm like, fuck, man, I just need to build muscle. Or, oh, I'm fat. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm in there and I'm kind of thinking about the future and I'm hammering myself. Or Punishing how much I hate yourself. myself. Yeah. But if I'm in there and I'm like, what? Like, man, this feels amazing. Like, I'm in my zone. I'm just me. Like, this feels so good. Things feel so connected. Um, the decisions I make tend to be better. I tend to grab a weight that's more appropriate. Mm-hmm. You know, not too heavy, right? I tend to do cardio in a way that feels good rather than I need to just beat myself up, uh, you know, because I feel like I'm too fat or whatever. I, I tend to 
make decisions that serve me a little better because I'm in more more present rather than thinking about all these other things. Yeah, I think it also relates to when we were talking about uh, signing up for a gym and like finding the right environment for you and and, and making that part of of the process of something that. Uh, you can really find that uh, ability to get present in, right? So uh, for me, I and we were talking with our friend Stephanie that came in here the other day, and uh, she was talking about working out outside and like having to step out of the gym environment completely. And, you know, that was something she had to figure out for herself that she does better and thrives better in that that sort of a, 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 a backdrop. So for me, I have like... I have a little bit of both of that. Like I really enjoy uh, going into the gym and then like you see the barbells and it brings back this sort of like, uh, I don't know, I have this kinship with it, you know, that I've built over the years. And um, like, I really enjoy picking up a barbell. That's something I enjoy to do. And uh, same thing that I found with Indian clubs and, and kettlebells. But then I've found that I like those more outdoors and I like to do a lot of my trigger, you know, uh, um, my mobility type movement days. I like to do that outside in nature. And I like to, I like to surround myself in, um, you know, just, just that kind of environment where there's no distractions. So you know, I can this really is really focus on it. This is why some, this is part of the reason why I think, um, practices like yoga can be pretty popular for people mm-hmm. because, uh, especially in the beginning, it's very, it's a, it's a, a form of movement that is very much focused on that because if you take a legit yoga class and I'm not talking shit about the ones that aren't like this. I mean, they're, they've got benefit too, but I'm talking about the more traditional type yoga class. They, they make you think about your breathing and think about intention. In fact, they will actually say the intention of today's practice is in something that, you know, I know when I first did, it, I was like, I'd roll my eyes like, all right, let's, fucking, <laughs> let's get with the stretching. Yeah. But then I started to appreciate, you know, that kind of stuff or, you know, at the end, you, you, you lay down flat and they'll read something to you and they'll play this kind of this music. And what you find is you end up finding yourself kind of being there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's always, it was funny when I did, when I would, when I did yoga and I'm not by no means uh, proficient in it, I must've taken a grand total of 20 classes at the most, mm-hmm. but I would always start the class off anxious because I'm not someone that likes to sit still oh and God. breathe and do yeah. all. I'm like, oh, I'd be like crawling out of my skin. Dude, yes. That's, that highlights like my uncomfortable level. Like it, like for me, I, in to be like totally self-aware, like I have to know that like I have these inner like bro bully like tendencies where it's like <laughs> somebody starts with the, now we're going to breathe yeah. and we're going to be mindful <laughs> and we're going to focus on, you know, being one. Oh my God. And I just want to punch him. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, I'm just like stop, stop. <laughs> and I'm trying to squash this thing. I don't know how to get rid of it, Sal. You, you know what it means? It, you know what that means, right? It means that's what you need. Yeah. I know. It, 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 it literally means. It no, I know. It's, it's, the, like, it's the same reason I know. why. It's so, it's so much of a struggle for me. I was like, ah. That's why you have us, though. I mean, it's the same reason why you even yeah. admit it right now. The first yeah. 10 minutes of this conversation is an uncomfortable conversation for oh, you. Oh, it's but horrible for me. I, I'm trying to tell you that what's beautiful is I think I'm the middle of the of the, the two of you when it comes to the, these type of topics is, yeah. you know, I think Sal's one one side of it I think you're on the other side and I feel like I'm kind of in the middle of both both directions here and I can tell you being someone who's a lot like you that you know um I didn't think I really needed any of that shit because I'm I'm I feel that I'm a, a good communicator and I'm very aware already this and that like so I didn't feel that this was necessary and it was it really hit home for me with in in my relationship with Katrina because I feel like we have such a great relationship that there's nothing that needs to be fixed and it's not like I'm fixing something I'm just becoming more present with you do, you this do, awesome relationship that I already have. So you do realize that it's what you're what you're experiencing right now is a natural progression and it's easy for me to see on the outside. It's always hard for you to see it when you're on the inside. I don't see my process nearly as well as the people who are close to me around me do because when you're in it, it's very difficult to get – like you can bullshit other people pretty easily, but you can bullshit yourself the best, absolute best. Like I can, I can totally fool myself to the point where I believe it and then only later if I ever get out of it, uh, do I look back and go, man, I really fooled the fuck out of myself uh, at that particular moment. And this is a natural progression. And a lot of this starts with, 
you know, when we started Mind Pump, it was, okay, let's look at uh, mobility. Let's look at movement. Let's, uh, let's kind of move away from, you know, building muscle or let's, look, let's move away from these types of things. And that's kind of where it started. And it's almost like it, it just starts to bleed into everything else where then you look at your relationship. That's the next important thing, right? Then we look at, you know, uh, relationships with other people, maybe difficult relationships, like maybe like the relationships with our parents or with our family or people that we don't realize that we may not be very present with at all. And it may be just, you know, uh, you know, marred with all this, you know, resentment and old shit that we really, it's in the past and we really shouldn't even have, you know, in, in the present. So I think it's just, it's funny because it, it, it just continues to grow and challenge you. And exercise is a great place to start with it, I think, because, uh, oh, it's actually, well, for some people, exercise is probably more difficult. I would say people who really, really struggle with body image issues, they might need to apply this mindfulness practice in other parts of their life before they move it to exercise. Well, that's, because that's I, a very difficult place for some people. I agree with that a yeah. lot. I mean, let's be honest. If we were to... This is why I mean for us it was easy. Exercise is easy because yeah, we're always yeah. But I on think that. why we, and this is why I enjoy talking about this this type of stuff is and I hate to beat a dead horse because we've talked so much about IIFYM lately. But you know, really this is this is the part of it that it doesn't get addressed in something like that is it, there's so much more going on than just calories and macronutrients you know there's so many things going on and in in my experience of all the people that we've trained uh, a majority of them struggle more with the psychological things than understanding the mathematics of things and i'm not saying there's not an importance to that there's definitely an importance to understanding the mathematical part of eating correctly i agree with that but there is a much deeper and uh, more troublesome and, uh, I think, challenging thing for people they deal with than just that piece of it. And in my experience, you know, clients get so much more out of helping them figure that part of the, the, the equation out than anything else. Totally. You know, you got to... Totally. We've been, we've been told now, look, information on nutrition, there's a lot of it. There's nutrition facts on the back of your food. Uh, you know what calories are. You, you've, we've heard it's been hammered into us that if you eat too many calories and you don't burn enough, you gain weight. We know all the information. It's there, uh, but it, it hasn't worked, and, and the opposite has happened. Yeah. yeah, there's still low fat diets that exist. Yeah, which is hilarious. It's it's it. None of it's worked, and so uh, you got to ask yourself why. Well, we're not looking at the real the real reason, and you know people can point their fingers at different causes but when you have wealthy you know celebrities who've got all anything that they want at their disposal who have issues with body weight and gaining weight and eating a certain way not taking care of themselves and then you've got people who look like they seemingly have everything together but they can't deal with that one part it's really not the problem is not the calories and the macros it is the there are the other underlying issues that go along with it. Because if we fix that, the rest is fucking easy. And then it's just, then it's just knowing, like, oh, okay, I eat this and I'll eat that, and and that's pretty much it. But if we don't address those those issues, I mean, look, you know, we work in 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 the fitness industry. The fitness industry, you would think, has uh, would have largely by this point solved, um, you know, bad relationships with food and exercise. I mean, for fuck's sake, it's our industry, right? Yeah. In fact, you will find more issues with food and exercise in people in the fitness industry than you will with everyday with everyday people. I can't tell you. I mean, if I meet fifteen personal trainers, I can tell you with full confidence most of them will have will have issues deep deep seated issues when it comes to food and exercise. Um, it's just. The bottom line is I don't think we're looking at what the real reason and cause is for some of these issues that we have. Mm-hmm. And I think it starts with just, you know, like we're talking about, just kind of being here, you know, uh, being where we're at right now. Um, I mean, approach your exercise that way. Approach your nutrition that way. And well, I think always, the rest starts to follow. Yeah, it's always been approached more from placebo and from, you know, people's experiences. And then they wrap around some sort of study uh, to to promote whichever sort of experience that they felt and you know the science behind it is it's just not they haven't taken enough 
of a, a real sort of critical eye to to really studying the human body and its complexities uh, with nutrition on on the level that a lot of other science has, and I feel like that's that's something that we're paying for. You know, we all have paid for that as a society. Is like, you know, this bad information that's been easily just spewed out there because. You know, like now, like there's whole organizations and there's whole uh, companies wrapped around uh, that train of thought. And there so is. There and there's, we are. there's lots of money that goes into that. And there's very little money that goes into the uh, emotional component and connect, you know, that, that when it comes to nutrition, there isn't a whole lot. Not at all. You know that, you know, when this really hit home for me was when I had felt like I had really figured out the macro thing really well. I figured out the programming thing really well. I was motivating. I, I Once I had figured all that out as a trainer, and then if I honestly went back and really reflected on all my clients that came through me, how many of them still maintained health and fitness for a long time? You know, Sure, I got lots of people in great shape over the course of three months, six months, or a year's worth of time of working with me, but how many of them maintain that and continued on and then passed that on to their family members and stayed stayed healthy and stayed fit less than probably 25% of them and when that when that when that like happened and i really started to look at it like that i went fuck Mm-hmm. This doesn't make sense. I, I'm giving them all the best advice nutritionally. I'm motivating them. I'm working them out good. I'm inspiring them. Why the fuck are they? Why am I getting less than fifty percent of them to fix this for the rest of their lives? And that was the big light bulb for me. It's also why I'm so passionate about when we talk about this nutrition thing and we get into these debates about you know this being the best way or not the best way. Is that listen, man? One. There's so much more going on there than just some macro micronutrients. Mm-hmm. And if you're not and I and I loved what you said the other day on the show, Sal, when you talked about, you know, training because you love yourself, not because you don't love yourself. That is fuck, man. I mean, really, if I wish I could go back and have that little that 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 piece of advice to say to every person that ever s- stood in front of me and was ready to purchase training for me started every 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 session every workout first with that mm-hmm. because that in itself is is the first step is just understanding why why you're here why are you working out why are you making these decisions and if you're doing it because you're unhappy with yourself you need to first address that and fix that because otherwise you're setting yourself up for this vicious cycle it's true because i've never heard anybody say when I asked them, well, wh- why are you here? What are your goals? I've mm. never heard anybody say, oh, I'm here because I love myself. Never. Never. It's always like, oh, I got to get rid of this. Yeah. And I don't like the way I look and I'm sloppy or whatever. Well, you see how like even on that Tony Robbins uh, like documentary, how like like they would bring up something like that. Like, oh, I wanted to lose weight or, you know, oh, I think it's, you know, my relationship with my mom or this and that. And he's just like, is, you think that's what it is? <laughs> You know, all it is, it's like, he's just like, you know, right from the, from the go is just like, okay, you know, have you evaluated how you, how you look at yourself? You know, what do you, how do you feel about yourself? I mean, that's what it always revolves around. It does. And all this motivational stuff. Yeah. And if you combine that, God, I tell you what, if you get good, uh, information, solid information when it comes to nutrition and exercise, which is easy to access. Uh, and you fix that other part, or you work on. I hate to say fix because you never fix it. I hate to you know, uh, hate to burst everybody's bubble, but it's a process that I think will probably last. It's never ending, forever. It's right? never ending. There's so many layers to it. But uh, if you if you're constantly you know thinking and working on that particular aspect, and then you've got good information, you now have a solution. You have the solution. It no longer becomes a problem. Uh, it's something now that you can see yourself doing forever and that's one of the that's the real uh, test you know if you're if you're a personal trainer and you get people in shape the real test is when they're not training with you have they made this something that they've done forever if you're a manager and you are a very successful manager how well are those people doing now that you're not managing now that you're not there for them anymore and they're on their own and those are the things that really tell you how effective 
uh, your methods are, and if you've really made a true, you know, truly made an impact. I think of it people. like it's like the same way we talk about dysfunction in with our muscles, right? We all have, we're all, we're all connected to our muscles, and you know they work. Okay, when we walk, if you walk, you pick things up, you put them down. Your all your muscles are working, but yet we still talk about there still could be dysfunction there that causes all these aches and pains and problems. I feel like we have a lot of dysfunction in our brain. Yeah, mental dysfunction. Yes, mental dysfunction. Sure, you're working. Sure, you're getting in shape. Sure, you're working out. All those things like that. The body's working. The yeah. brain is working. It's not not working. Well, there is an optimal way to do this, and that's what we're all trying to see. And I, and just like Sal said, that like it's this never-ending journey. It's, and that's like what I'm trying to share today. I feel like with everybody is that. You know, I just connected another dot with my relationship of where I had some sort of dysfunction. It was working. It mm-hmm. was good. It was fine. There was nothing. It wasn't not working, but it wasn't running optimally. Yeah. And I just connected another dot to enhance that. And I feel like the you same. See how that kind of trickles into the rest of your process and your day nutrition, and, working yeah, out, relationship, right. everything like that. It makes a big impact. Nobody and I and I and I think that's and I want I want people to understand that that's the stance that Mind Pump takes. I know everybody wants to pit us against other people, and and it's like and they and it's like you're you doing that, you know, is you're creating a camp. We don't want to be dogmatic. I don't want to be. It's us versus them. They're wrong. We're right. And I know people thrive off of that, and they love that. We want to be inclusive, not exclusive. Yes. Yes. As long as people are open for discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll always be open for discussion. It's you know, I, nobody nobody oh, should change be, our mind. That'd be nobody, great. I would love that. Are you yeah. kidding me? Oh my god! If I talk to somebody and I'm like, you know, I have my position, and then they have their position, and at the end of that conversation, I change my mind. I'm a I'm better. Mm-hmm. I, I changed my mind obviously yeah, because I learned better. some new shit. Right, I, I'm better off. So, uh, with that, if you like Mind Pump, leave us a five star rating review on iTunes. If we like your review and we pick it, you'll get a free Mind Pump T-shirt. You can also check us out on Instagram at Mind Pump Radio. You can find my personal page at Mind Pump Sal. Adam's page is at Mind Pump Adam. Justin's at Mind Pump Justin, and you can find Doug the Eagle at Mind Pump Doug. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.